your host, Dan Kroll. And here we are at the end of July already. I don't know where time is going, but we're up to episode 81 here on Soap Central Live. And if you've listened to any of the 80 previous episodes, you've probably heard me say on more than one occasion that one of my favorite things about doing this show is the ability to talk to you, the soap fans. Well, if I had to pick something else that I really like, it would be catching up with former soap stars. You know, we become attached to the actors and actresses that we see on our screen every day, so when they disappear or move on to other projects, we sort of want to know what they're up to. And this week, I am fortunate to be able to catch up with two former daytime stars, Sydney Penny, who may best be known as Julia Santos on All My Children, but she also appeared on The Bold and Beautiful and Santa Barbara. She'll also be coming up on Days of Our Lives at the end of August. We'll talk a little bit about that in a couple of moments. And then later in the hour, I'll catch up with Ellen Dolan, who played Margot Hughes for more than 20 years on As the World Turns. She'll be appearing in the Kate May stage production of Steel Magnolias. You may remember the 1989 movie with Dolly Parton and Sally Field and uh, Julia Roberts, Shelby Drink the Juice. Uh, so we're going to catch up with her and find out what else she's been up to. And then later at the end of the show, I'll be bringing you the latest news on All My Children, One Life to Live's move to the internet. Why has Prospect Park been so quiet about their plans for the show? And what is this about ABC kicking One Life to Live out of their current studios? We'll get to the bottom of that. But up first, as I mentioned, I caught up with actress Sydney Penny earlier this week. She is a two-time daytime Emmy nominee. Her first nomination was in 1993 for her work as BJ on Santa Barbara. And then she earned a second nomination two years later for her work as Julia Santos on All My Children. Sydney's also appeared on The Bold and the Beautiful as Samantha Kelly. And coming up beginning August 30th, Sydney will appear on Days of Our Lives as Dr. Norman for a handful of episodes. She'll be working with Crystal Chappelle. But before all of that, this weekend on Sunday, July 31st, Sydney will guest star on Lifetime's Drop Dead Diva. And Sydney's going to be playing a role that we really haven't seen her play in daytime. She's going to be a little bit of a witch, uh, if you'd like to say that. So I wanted to ask her about her role on Drop Dead Diva. If you're not familiar with that series, uh, after you're done listening to today's show, you can head over to mylifetime.com and watch full episodes of Drop Dead Diva and find out what it's all about and get caught up for her uh, performance this weekend. Again, it's Sunday at 9 p.m. One of the things I really wanted to talk to Sydney about is she is a former daytime star who's not afraid to say that she was on the soaps. I know that we all know former soap stars who are maybe in movies or in other television projects, and they don't really want to talk about the fact that they started on the soap. But Sydney is one of the stars who very much embraces her soap opera past, so it, you'll be interested to hear why she embraces her soap opera past. So uh, let's take a listen to my interview with Sydney Penny. Hi, Sydney. How are you? Hi, Dan. Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, I was wondering if, uh, before I get to my question, if you could give 
a little bit of an explanation in your own words about the role that you're going to be playing on Drop Dead Diva. I sure can do that. Um, Carol Kritzer is the CEO of a fashion company that has been providing Stacy with clothing uh, in exchange for her discussing it on her personal blog, which is lovely until Stacy trashes the clothes. And so, unfortunately, Carol is forced to sue her <laughs> for basically trashing her, uh, her company. But, you know, it's, uh, it all works out well in the end, but a little unexpectedly. And um, I really enjoyed getting to play this uh, very, very tough, incisive um, woman. It's uh, a, sort of a different role for me. Uh, I was I was thinking the same exact thing. I have to ask, though, uh, do you think that there are a lot of people out there who are on the Internet who do this sort of thing? They video blog, they, they tweet, uh, without really realizing the sort of the repercussions that what they're saying out there can have. I do think that the Internet it has a strange aspect to it, that there's a, a level of anonymity that... Uh, people are provided with. You can create any name you want. You can create a, a, a total identity that's not grounded in any form of truth and say whatever you want. And I have actually seen it um, firsthand be, be very harmful to people uh, because there is a sense of anonymity which gives, um, which lends a kind of um, boldness um, and chucks all of the normal rules for just being nice to people out the window. Um, you know, I have a friend who, uh, there was an article that was published about him that was entirely uh, fallacious, and he had no recourse. There was no way to go back and, and sort of, um, there was no one to, to, to take to the carpet on it because it didn't exist, really. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of websites that are willing to print anything just because it's going to bring in advertisers because they know that the more salacious a rumor, the bigger and more hits they're going to get. So I think it's a tricky uh, tricky world out there, um, and people are seem too willing to check the rules of sort of natural human kindness um, because they're anonymous. I, I'm, I've been on Facebook for a while, and I, I enjoy that. I've... That's been a, a very cool sort of um, relationship to develop directly with fans. I found it much more rewarding than the old, you know, get a, get a letter and send back a photograph. And, you know, you never really have any contact way. Twitter is Twitter's kind of an interesting thing. I, I, I've only just begun. And uh, my account is uh, Sydney underscore Penny. And um, I truthfully am going to have to go on in the next, couple of days and figure it out because I'm a total Twitter newbie. Um, so, no, I've never tweeted anything that I have regretted because I've never tweeted anything. <laughs> and uh, one other quick question. It's not quite salacious, but it is sort of a, a take on what you'd mentioned. The soaps and particularly Drop Dead Diva, there seems to be this underlying message. Uh, it's not necessarily beat you over the head with it. But there is a little bit of something to be learned from each of these these uh, these episodes. I'm wondering, uh, do you think that that's part of the overall appeal, both of Drop Dead Diva and Soaps? Well, you know, I think that we, as a, a 
as a human race, have always needed to have uh, a form in which to share stories with each other and, and really a kind of a guidebook on how to get through life. And I do think that uh, soaps, because of the way that they... Uh, the way that they began, it's a daily, it's something that's, uh, that happens every day. It's, it's the same trusted people that over a period of time they begin to feel like family. They're in your living room all the time. And then it's very much the same thing with a ca- any cast of characters that you like and begin to trust. Um, and, and I think that drama naturally has to have a, a situation that unfolds, that involves some form of conflict and some sorts of obstacles, and you're always trying to figure out how are they going to get out of this one and what lessons am I going to learn from it, I think without even realizing that that's what you're doing. So I do think that it's natural that uh, this type of storytelling uh, engages an audience in that way and, and does end up sort of, in a way, giving a moral to a story or teaching a lesson or just kind of holding up to the light a kind of a problem or a conundrum. I'm sure my uh, therapist will have something to say about me needing to get the last word, but uh, I just wanted to ask you, <laughs> Sydney, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who have been on the soaps in the past who do everything they can to distance themselves with having been on a soap opera, and uh, that doesn't seem to be the case with you. I'm wondering, you know, what is it... Uh, that you think makes people want to distance themselves from the soaps? And more importantly, uh, what will you take from your time in daytime uh, that you'll be wanting to, to share with others? That's interesting. Um, you know, at a certain point in one's career, uh, it, it does seem like people do a lot of running away from what they've done before, which is sort of funny. Um, and, and people often talk about that you need to re- reinvent yourself every now and then um, because it's a fickle marketplace, it's faddish. At the end of the day, you are basically a product that you are hawking 24-7, and it's the viability of that product is your responsibility. It's a horrible way to look at oneself and one's life. But there's always that little part of you that has to pay attention to that fact. Uh, for me, I, you know what? I came into soaps, you know, after already having a career of 15 years with very successful projects that uh, kind of covered the gamut before that. And it, and it was a very beneficial experience to me and just kind of naturally led into other things. And, I, and you know, I just never felt the need to, kind of um, pretend like it never happened. It was um, a good experience. It was in its proper context in my career. And people can say what they want, but you know what? After 34 years, I'm still doing this job. (laughs) And it's the only job I've ever had. So I'm not too concerned that I need to fiddle with the formula too much. Um, and as far as what I will take away from my soap experience, uh, I think I, I have, I have it to credit for making me realize that you can accomplish absolutely anything you want to do, hmm. because 
uh, every day you're handed a script and you do not know what's going to be in that. You could be an angel one day and a murderer the next. You could suddenly find that your character is going through a bout of depression or robbing a bank. Um, and you learn that all of these things are possible to you as an actor and, um, and, and that gives you a huge amount of self-confidence. Uh, and so that is a, a very good thing. And, and I always think that, that the experience for particularly young actors who are just getting started need to, to jump in with both feet and, and bite off as much as they can chew and probably a little bit more to challenge themselves uh, that way because there's no percentage in playing it safe. So that was def- that's definitely what I would pass along. And, um, you know, it's just made me... It's made me a, a stronger person, a tougher person, and um, has given me an, an enormous amount of self-confidence because if you can, if you can work in that medium and do 60 pages of, of work a week uh, or a day sometimes, you can do anything. Thank you. It's a great answer. I appreciate that. Sure. My pleasure. Great. Well, thanks, everybody. My thanks again to Sydney Penny. Don't forget to catch her... This Sunday, July 31st, on Lifetime's Drop Dead Diva, it airs at 9 p.m. Check your local listings for the time and channel in your area. And for more information about how you can watch Drop Dead Diva, be sure to check out our page at subcentral.com slash radio. I am going to come back in just a few moments, and we'll be catching up with Ellen Dolan from As World Turns. So stay tuned for that when Soap Central Live continues after this commercial message. Healing occurs from the inside out. To awaken and activate the body's healing mechanisms, your emotions and thought patterns must be addressed and aligned with your truth. These concepts are discussed in detail on The Light Within, Awakening the Inner Healer, with host Joan Jacobs. We'll introduce you to a new way to interpret and address your body's language of symptoms and how to turn disease into a platform of profound personal growth. Tune in to The Light Within every Monday at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. It's sex education like you've never heard before. Want to improve your love life? You know, that love life. 
Join sexual wellness expert and certified erotic educator Jaya for Sex with Jaya. She'll bring you cutting-edge techniques to expand your erotic repertoire. Jaya will offer advice and speak with guests who will shed light on everything to do with sex. You can even listen together with that special someone. Sex with Jaya is broadcast live every Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. First, let me thank you for uh, for taking some time out. I know that getting ready for a, a play, I'm imagining that uh, when you're getting down to it, there's not a whole lot of time uh, beforehand. Well, we're doing it in two weeks. There's not a lot of time anywhere, <laughs> but we're doing it. We are doing it. 
Uh, I guess it would probably be good to do a little bit of a re- rewind because there are a lot of uh, fans out there who, of course, know you from As the World Turns. And it's, uh, I guess, just about a year now since As the World Turns finished taping. And there's been a lot yeah. of time to think about things. So I'm curious, you know, what are your thoughts today on the entire As the World Turns cancellation? Um, well, you know, first of all, I just, I miss it terribly, the whole family of it. I know that sounds kitschy and weird, but I do, I miss the whole family of it. It was such a big part of of all of our lives together every day, you know, in these rooms. Um, and it's very, it's heartwarming, but it's actually sad, too, you know, when the fans do contact you still and they... They tell you how heartbroken they are about the whole thing. And then, you know, this whole campaign to get the shows back up on the air, and then all of a sudden, boom, the ABC, ABC shows are saved, and, um, you know, so far. And it's just, it's it's kind of another letdown in a way. Hmm. You know, it's sort of like, well, why can't the Project Gamble shows be saved? Why isn't there a... And, you know, they're may very well be room down the line, but, um, you know, so it's, it's, um, it's sort of like, you know, a year later, going through this again a little bit, it feels kind of like opening a wound in a way, uh, up until, and I'm so glad that I'm busy right now, so I don't have to, I can't right. sit following that. But, um, I actually have been quite busy since I, I've worked harder <laughs> since the show ended than I ever have. <laughs> okay. Really, I've done, I've done two films in a, in four plays. I'm just like, uh, wow. And, and, the, uh, and, um, a webisode that's, that's struggling right now for money. Everybody's struggling for money right yeah. now. Um, so I haven't, you know, and moved twice in this. Oh. And, why? You know, went on a twelve. Yeah, and we went on a twelve-day bike trip in in France, and you know, so I've been actually pretty busy. I haven't had a lot of time to sit and wallow. Well, there's um, a the whole lot of stuff in there to uh, to ask about. But the first that I was really going to ask, I know personally, I'm someone who doesn't like to have that idle time. I always need to be busy. I don't know what I would do if I had a moment of where I didn't have anything to do. But you've mentioned that you you haven't had to worry about that. But, I mean, for a lot of people, not having that routine, I mean, as the world turns for, for 20 years and before that, of course, Guiding Light and things like that, was was that a fear of yours that you might have this time where you suddenly wouldn't know what to do with yourself? Um. Not really, because I do have a thousand things to do. If it, if I'm not doing that, as I said, um, we've got sort of a Bedouin lifestyle. <laughs> We're always moving. I have moved, um, like, six years was a pretty long time for me to be in one spot. And in that six years, I was renovating the loft and, mm-hmm. um, you know, did the whole thing. In fact, I, was, I happened to be home um, last week one night and, and saw tuned into um, Selling New York. They yeah. featured our loft. And I, I, I saw it and was like, oh, my God, I lived there? That was so big and pretty. It was but, it, um, really nice. I mean, there was uh, an amazing job nice. was done on that. 
Yeah, and you know, so that's what I was doing for six years. That, when I'd go home, that's what I was doing. Okay. I I designed the kitchen and I, you know, did that whole thing. Um, so, uh, you know, until then, I was very lucky to sell my beach house before the show was over. So that took a lot of time. Then we had to sell the lofts. That took a lot of time. I had to do all the packing and moving. That took time. And we moved to an interim place. And then I was doing my big gay Italian wedding. And then I had to pack again and move. We had to sell, you know, I mean, uh, um, clothes on the place in Brooklyn and then move into the place in Brooklyn and get two homes into a smaller apartment. So I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of downtime. If I'm not memorizing words, I'm unpacking boxes or drawing designs. Well, uh, and you mentioned uh, having done the kitchen, and, and I'm curious, has anybody asked you for your talents? Is that something that you would consider doing, helping people sort of uh, design their homes? I would really like to do that, but I don't think I'm built for that because the people who can afford to have designers come in aren't going to hire Ellen Dolan. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> you know, right. they want to hire they want to hire so and so, not just somebody who's kind of doing it as, oh, I think it would be pretty if it were brown. You know, I don't. You know, let's use this tile. How about that's, that's not. I I I, I don't. I wouldn't get along with those people. I say don't sell yourself short. I was uh, I was looking at the the tiling in the kitchen and it, it was it's making beautiful, me. Wasn't it? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it gave me all oh, kinds of ideas of things to do. Gorgeous, and it was like a at that point it was about a sixteen foot ceiling, and before the guy would lay it, he said, "No, no, tell me exactly how you want." So I had to draw wow. the whole pattern. Which isn't that tough. It's like drawing bricks in different directions. But yeah, it was, um, you know, and I ordered the, I, I tried to go to the, well, I went all sorts of places in Manhattan to try to get what I want cheap. And I ended up going um, to a steel cabinet maker in Florida and they sent it all up and it kind of landed in boxes. It was like, okay, <laughs> let's, uh, let's put the puzzle together. It's really just putting the puzzle together. But I would love to go on one of those shows and be that person who's like, you know, that nosy neighbor who says, boy, I think you could redo your living room like this, and let's get rid of that ceramic swan. What do you say? You know? Oh, it takes wow. something from, oh, this would be better in the hall than it is here. Uh, I'm actually I, thinking now. I've got some neighbors that I think I'll, I'll invite you over, and you can just wander over to their house and tell them what they need to do. <laughs> I tell you, every place I walk into, whether it's a hotel room, I, there's always something I have to reconfigure something. It, it's, I just look at it and go, oh, that's not good. It's much better like this. And then I have to put it all back when I leave because, you know, it's not my house. <laughs> oh, my I've got gosh. I've got it here at Bill and I'm, – I'm very blessed. I'm staying at uh, Bill Tatum and Karen Ziemba's, um house in Wildwood. It's right on the water. I'm looking at the water. It's like a, a inland water. It's not the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, the boats and everything are going by, and I'm just, it's just absolutely gorgeous. They were really concerned because, oh, she had a house in the Hamptons. Like, you don't understand. My house in the Hamptons was a junky little box that I made into something. This is just beautiful. It's an old boathouse that they've converted, and it's just oh, absolutely wow. beautiful. 
But I've already rearranged a couple of things. I don't even know it yet. They think I'm taking such good care of it. So tight. <laughs> little by little, things so, have changed. So is that what you're doing uh, to sort of stay out of the, the summer heat? You're enjoying time by the Can shore? Can I tell you, last week, we're rehearsing. and We're very, very blessed. We're rehearsing on the actual set. They've got it all constructed in this old abandoned um, sort of community center here in Wildwood. Um, old abandoned, un-air-conditioned uncon- community mm. center. We rehearsed all last week with no air conditioning. It was like a sense memory exercise of, you know, living in the South. It dripping. Wow. Dripping. It had to be about 110 degrees in there. It was just, it's a nice diet plan. <laughs> I mean, I lost a lot of things. I uh, tried cooking an egg on the sidewalk last week. It was so hot. It didn't go over too well. Uh, but I did try it. If you ever think about it, it's uh, it really needs to be hot before an egg will cook. It really needs to what? It really needs to be hot. It was 120 on the sidewalk, and I still couldn't get the egg to cook. Uh, I needed something to do for well, you, too. Did you put it on a piece of tinfoil or something? See, I needed you last week to tell me this. I had a frying pan. Oh. I had all kinds of stuff. It just didn't work. No, you just put it on a piece of foil. Ah. Or put it on a... Put it on a foil on a on the hood of a car. The hood of a car. That oh my god, the hood of a car. Cars get so hot. Well, now I have a anyway. sequel. <laughs> yeah. uh, you mentioned, uh, of course, you Cape May. That's where the production of Steel Magnolias will be. Uh, I have to assume from the way you're talking about it, you must have been to Cape May before. Never. Really? Never. Oh. In fact, I still have barely been there because the uh, rehearsals are in here in Wildwood and um, the house is in Wildwood. So I actually haven't spent a lot of time but um, in Cape May. But the beaches here in Wildwood are, well, as far as I know, I went out one morning. It was just thick, thick fog. And I had time to spare. Be- I had like an hour before rehearsal. And I thought, well, I'll just go to the beach. And I walked out in this thick fog, and I just kept walking and walking. It's like, God, this is like, this is like a surreal dream. This is, um, and I could sort of hear the the breaking waves, but they were really far away. I, I must have walked like a quarter of a mile. This is the biggest beach ever in Wildwood, and and totally beautifully, you know, raked and groomed. Mm-hmm. And finally, finally, I got to where the water was. I could see the silhouettes of the garbage cans. So I knew I was there. <laughs> and I, it was just, it, it's its kind of, it's a different world. It's just a different world. And it's very, you know, I'm in sort of this haze of words, trying to get all these words together and learned. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. Well, you and mentioned it's all, it, all drug-free too. <laughs> you mentioned it's a different world, though. But I think a lot of people think of New Jersey, and they think of, unfortunately, the Jersey Shore, and that's not the case with all of New Jersey. Um, no, I I think most of New Jersey, you know, except for every all the swampland that's you know around New York, is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it is the Garden State, but. It, yeah, you know all that all that corporate yuck that's um, 
in the marshlands is pretty nasty. Well, Steel Magnolias is going to run from uh, August 4th through September 10th, and performances are yeah. Tuesdays through Sundays at 8 o'clock. Uh, Monday huh? is the only day that's dark, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the usual dark day for theater, and it's Cape May Stage, capemaystage.com. Well, there may still be some people who maybe they didn't check out the movie or they may just not be familiar with it. Can you give a little bit of a, a breakdown of the story of Steel Magnolias? Well, the the um, the whole story takes place in Truvy's salon. I play Truvy, and it's a, a little salon that she's uh, that her husband made. He sort of closed in the uh, carport and made this little neighborhood salon. And she has her regulars every Saturday morning, and there are four scenes. There are four different Saturday mornings, and the first scene is all about. Um, one of the ladies' daughters, Shelby, is getting married, so they're all getting ready for that. And all of the outside world unfolds through their dialogue with, you know, girl talk. Mm-hmm. The second scene is Christmas, and we find out about, you know, all the wonderful things that are going on in Shelby's life. Then the third scene is we find out all the complications, and the fourth scene is just tragic. And But it's all about relationship. It's all about, um, you know, every, one of the girls said that she um, told her manager that she was coming down, and, a manager, I don't know who it was, that she was coming down to do Steel Magnolias, and they said, oh, that old soap opera. Wow. Yeah. It's a soap opera formula, and those stories get told every single day, and people love it. It's a comfort zone. It's a very, I can't even still read the the last scene and not just fall apart. Hmm. It, it's so sad. And then it's absolutely hysterically funny at the same time. But it, it's just, it's this group of women in this room, um, and the, their lives are unfolded, and uh, they are the steel magnolias. Well, you mentioned the comedy aspect of it, and sometimes playing the chief of police in a small town, there isn't really a lot of comedy. So is the chance to do something comedic something that you're uh, embracing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Margot used to be really funny. She kind of, her sense of humor died like the last 10 years, but she she was pretty funny in her day. Um, and, yeah, I love comedy. It's hard. Comedy is very hard. But, um, uh, you know, this is written, this is so well written um, that uh, it's, it just sort of plays itself. It's lovely. It's a lovely piece. I'm very, very happy that I get to do it. Something I've always wanted to do. When I saw it off-Broadway in the 80s when it was running, I, I just, I leapt to my feet at the end of the show, hmm. standing over the I loved it that much. So it's it's great that this is one of the first pieces I get to do, you know, post-soap opera. Well, speaking of post-soap opera, uh, I mentioned on Twitter that I'd be speaking to you, and I have some messages from some of your fans who wanted to uh, let you know sort of that they miss you. So we have one from Ron who says, I so miss watching her authentic, tough-shelled, yet warm-hearted portrayal of Margot. Oh, that's sweet. And we also have one from... K la la la. Hopefully that's uh, the correct way to pronounce it. But who mentions 
that she's always enjoyed your Margot, but to me, you will always be Maureen Reardon. Much love, she says. Wow, he goes way back. And let's see, we have another one, too, uh, from... Soap Girl UK, so it shows that your appeal is also international, and she wanted to know if there is a TV, movie, or stage role that you'd give anything to play. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, there's so many to choose from, I'd I'd imagine. Oh, I know. Um, Oh, this sounds so, so, people probably may not get. Just lately, as I'm getting older, I really have wanted to do Come Back Little Sheba. It, it's, a, it's a role that uh, Shirley Booth did with uh, Burt Lancaster in the film. Hmm. And uh, I know, it's one of those 50s plays, but I've, I've, always, I've always just thought that was wonderful. Um, I'd like to play Big Mama in Cat and Hot Chain Roof. I got to, when I quit as uh, Guiding Light, um, the first play I did uh, after that was Cat in the Hot Tin Roof. And, um, you know, now I've, I'm older, I'd like to play Big Mama. You also got your start, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on the stage. That was sort of where you started before you ventured into other other things, or am I... Uh... Um, yeah, right after graduate school, I I, um, uh, I went to... Uh, I, I moved to New York... Um, because I had uh, gone through these national auditions, TCG auditions, um, and they asked me if I would come out and do uh, Catherine and Mother Courage. And I said, oh, God, I don't know. I, I mean, I just moved to New York. I can't afford to come back to the Midwest. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll pay you, and you'll get your equity card. I was so ignorant. Um, so, yeah, the first, first job I had was uh, with Milwaukee Rep. And um, and it was great. She was a deaf mute, so I didn't have to learn any words. <laughs> wow, that <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. That worked out pretty well, I guess. Yeah. But that that sets but, the stage for being able to do all of those great soap opera faces. Um, well, you know, actually, what I did is I is I uh, choreographed the muscles in my face. This is a Bertolt Brecht piece, Mother Courage, about the Hundred Year War, and. Um, and I, as the play went on, I, I slowly distorted my face, and you know, showed the the care and the worry and the concern in poor little Katrin. Also, we were very blessed in that um, the show right before us was um, Children of the Lesser God, mm-hmm. so they had teachers there who were teaching American Sign. So I went to those classes and learned how sign language was built, which is a really beautiful language. American Sign Language is beautiful. And it's all images and pictures. And so I I developed my own sign language for that character. And uh, it was it was great. It was very physical and it, it worked in beautifully with what uh, in graduate school I, I would and also for a semester at Columbia I taught um, characterization through physical technique. Love <laughs> But it works. <laughs> Wow, that's a see. This is the reason that I enjoy being able to to talk to folks who are on the soaps because for a lot of people, they don't 
they get they get stuck. And when you're playing a role for for quite a period of time, they they associate you with the role, and maybe they don't know what you've done before, or what they've what you've done after. So this is why I, I love all of these great questions. Oh, honey, I've played Elvis. I've played hookers. I've played bag ladies. I've played lots of different things. Margo is probably the easiest character I ever played. <laughs> I was going to say Elvis and hookers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Elvis and hookers and drunks. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. That, that leaves me with, uh, I guess, just one last thing. Because you've uh, probably done so many interviews, probably more than than you can count. Has there ever been anything that you either haven't been asked or something that, uh, you know, maybe people haven't sort of delved enough into that you'd like the opportunity to discuss right now? Oh, what a big, broad question. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, you, know. you know, I could, I could, could go straight into the budget crisis, but I don't think we want to go there. Um, boy, I don't, I don't know. I, um, it's such a big question. I have no idea how to answer that. There's something I've always wanted to talk about, uh, quantum physics. Oh my gosh. But I can't because I don't know. (laughs) Although I am writing a play, they say write what you know. And I, I'm, and of course I've been writing this play for 10 years, you know, because I don't know how to write a play. Um, and it is sort of kind of basically about quantum physics. Because I think quantum physics is uh, is religion. I think all those mysterious things that we don't understand, that we're sort of breaking the code now with uh, more information, um, is what used to be attributed to religious experiences and um, unknown phenomena and... Uh, so that's sort of what, kind of loosely, what the play, how the play is driven. Unknown phenomenon. Started, hmm. Well, deja vu's and things like that. The, the, basically, this started as a as a question one day. Um, you know, what it, what did the three children of Fatima do every day? I mean, after an event like that, the Blessed Virgin Mary coming and visiting. What? How do you? How do you just go back to your regular? daily life after that. So I kind of developed uh, a play from that. Not not the three children of Fatima. Actually, they're, they're a family out in Long Island. But, um, yeah, I guess that's, that answers it. That I, I, I have um, a, a play that I'm writing. I have uh, a, a short film that I wrote a few years ago. Um, another film I'm trying to finish. Um, a film about my dad. Um, and a historical piece that I've been trying to get the rights for years, and um, the family is being very difficult. But yeah, actually, I, I have a, a writer instinct in me. Well, I'm going to end with uh, just listening to you say that uh, you're asking you know, how do you go back to your, your regular life after something so uh, miraculous has happened. For a lot of soap fans, they've sort of... Not quite as miraculous, but they've had to go on with their sort of their everyday lives after having watched uh, not just As the World Turns, but we're talking about Guiding Light and now adding All My Children One Life to Live to the mix, where they're going to have to give up something that they've they've known for so long. And one of the folks on Twitter 
said that they feel so cut off now from their Oakdale family. And, of course, they imagine that there has to be a sense of that from everybody who worked at As the World Turns. Do you keep in touch with any of your co-stars? That's from Cynthia. Yeah, Scott and I keep in touch. Um, uh, we did New Year's together this year. And I've seen Martha and Michael a couple of times. Um, and, you know, some, some people came to see the show when I was doing a big gay Italian wedding. Um, and, you know, little Facebook chats and things like that. Um, but do I go... Oh, and Tooney. I've always kept in, in touch with Tamara Tooney. We hang out quite a bit. Um, but not a lot. Just, you know, the ones that I was real close to on the show. Okay. Well, again, it's August 4th. And I, can I just say to those fans... Sure. Even though we're gone, life does go on. It's just different, and that's the way it should be. I think that's a really good way to, to put it. And for you, life will go on, at least <laughs> from August 4th to September 10th, for uh, yes. Steel Magnolias at the Cape May Stage. Uh, and you said it's capemaystage.com uh -huh. for ticketing information. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, and and, and uh, they're selling out, so don't don't hesitate. Well, I uh, we're planning, hopefully we'll get a, a bunch of folks who visit SoapCentral.com to show up at the same night, and we'll all have a little uh, soap opera revival <laughs> while we watch Steel Magnolias. I think that would be a, a really nice time. Great. I think you would love it. it, is, it is, uh, it's a beautiful little piece. Great. Thank you, Ellen, for taking some time out. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I gotta go run lines. Great. Thanks. Thanks bye bye. Ellen. Bye. Again, a special thank you to Ellen Dolan for taking time out from learning her lines for Steel Magnolias to chat with me. If you'd like to check her out in Steel Magnolias, as Ellen said, the tickets are going fast, but you can still get some. The show is running from August 3rd through September 10th, and the show is going to be put on Tuesdays through Sundays at 8 p.m. For more information, you go to capemaystage.com. You can also buy tickets there. There's a phone number to reach out for more information. And if you're not from the area, since the show is dark on Mondays, you can maybe check out the play on Sunday, stay over at one of the local bed and breakfasts or hotels in Cape May, and then leave Tuesday. That way you don't get stuck in all of the crazy uh, week ending back from the shore traffic. Or you can do it the other way. You can go down and take in the beach on Monday and check out the show on Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back, though, with more vacation tips from me and, of course, more of your favorite soap stars and soap news when Soap Central Live continues after this break. <laughs> Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Hey, Soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. 
Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Tune in to the Appraisal Guru Radio Show for discussion on items of value or perceived value in your home or workplace. You know you have an item that you were just wondering about. Let Ray Nugent Sr. and Ray Nugent Jr. help you find the valuable gold mine in what you thought may have been junk. Almost everything has some sort of value, and it's very likely that we'll find it. The Appraisal Guru Radio Show is broadcast live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in and find out your item's true worth. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Prospect Park's statement 
says, the love and support for all my children, one life to live, is truly amazing. Since we announced our intention to work with the shows, the fan outreach you've experienced over the past few weeks further validates our decision to work to keep them going for years to come. The company goes on to say that they are working within the infrastructure that the entertainment industry has set, specifically in this case with the appropriate guilds and unions. So what does all of that mean? Well, the unions have in place specific rates at which the television performers must be paid to appear on the soaps. Well, those rates are different for internet-based series, and as you can imagine, the rates are significantly lower on internet-based productions than what they would be on television-based productions. So Prospect Park is reportedly reaching out to the various unions to try to come up with rates that would be not only acceptable to the unions, but would also, I'm guessing, not be insulting to the actors who appeared on the soaps. The sources tell me that Prospect Park did meet with some of the actors at All My Children to explain to them why they've been so quiet, that they do have a commitment to the shows. You may have read on SoapCentral.com that many of the stars of All My Children have said that they couldn't say whether or not they'd be continuing with All My Children once it went to the web because no one had reached out to them. Well, this is a little bit of an explanation of why Prospect Park hasn't come forward with any contracts. On the plus side, uh, we've heard that Lorraine Broderick has reached a deal that will allow her to continue writing for All My Children, and it looks like Julie Hannon Carruthers will continue as executive producer of All My Children. As for the talent, uh, there's no word on that because, again, no one has been offered a contract. There is also still no word on where All My Children will be filmed once it makes its transition to the Internet. If you remember, two years ago, All My Children was moved from New York to Los Angeles to help keep the show under budget, but now the show has been canceled, and it can't go back to where it used to film because that studio space is now home to One Life to Live, which moved into All My Children's former studio, but One Life to Live may not have a home for much longer because the Los Angeles Times is reporting that ABC has reached a deal to give One Life to Live studio space to Katie Couric for her new talk show that's going to kick off in September 2012. But Richard Sims and our friends at Soaps In-Depth Magazine are reporting that it isn't a done deal and that Katie Couric could, in theory, have studio space elsewhere in Manhattan. But if that weren't enough of uh, uncertainty for you, there is talk that if One Life to Live does get kicked out of its studio space, it could move to the old studio that once was home to The Cosby Show, Another World, and As the World Turns. It's over in Brooklyn, so if that keeps production in New York, that's good news because no one from One Life to Live would have to relocate. Uh, as again, for All My Children, some on the internet are speculating that production of the show could move back to New York since a lot of the actors who moved to Los Angeles didn't want to move there in the first place. And there are still some stars who have been commuting from the East Coast to the West Coast to put together their scenes for All My Children. There are so many questions still up in the air, uh, but there's something else that's even more interesting. Uh, Daytime Confidential and Showbiz 411 are reporting 
that Prospect Park has already been given the licensing rights to General Hospital, so that when General Hospital goes off the air, which no one has announced, but there's some speculation, of course, that when Katie Couric kicks off her talk show, that she'll be kicking General Hospital off the air. And there's belief that General Hospital could also transition to the Internet. So could we be talking about ABC not having any soaps on the air in 2012? Oh, it's a possibility. Could all three soaps find their way to being successful on the Internet? Well, that is something that I guess nobody really knows right now. And fans of As the World Turns and Guiding Light are already hoping that the three ABC soaps, or at least the two that are going there now, will be hits, and that maybe Procter & Gamble would be interested in bringing As the World Turns and or Guiding Light back and putting them on the Internet. Again, everybody, there are so many questions, and there really aren't a lot of answers just yet, but you can guarantee that we'll stay on top of everything here at Soap Central Live and, of course, on SoapCentral.com. Check over there often. If you don't check there every day, at least check several times during the week to get your latest soap news. You can also get daily recaps for all of the soaps. If you've missed anything, it's a great way to go back and find out what you've missed or to maybe settle those bets that you have with your loved ones or coworkers about who did what to whom and when and how many times someone was married. There's a lot of information over on SoapCentral.com. There's scoops, of course. You can get some previews about what's going to happen next week on your favorite shows. It may not be a complete substitute for checking in and tuning into your soaps every day, but it will sort of whet your appetite to want to tune in on Monday and keep up with your favorite characters. Since we are just about out of time for this week's show, I want to again thank my guests this week, Sydney Penny and Ellen Dolan. To find out more about Sydney's appearance on Drop Dead Diva or Ellen's appearances in Steel Magnolias, be sure to head over to subcentral.com slash radio. Of course, I'm here every week, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And if you've missed any part of today's show or you'd just like to hear it again, or maybe you want to check out some of the past episodes of Subcentral Live that you may have missed or didn't know existed until now, you can also check those out at subcentral.com slash radio. If for some reason you don't like to use your typing fingers, while you're on subcentral.com, you can just click on Subcentral Live in the blue navigation menu on any page of the site. I really hope that you enjoyed today's catch-up episode. And uh, you know what? I hope you enjoy every edition of Soap Central Live. Until we meet again next week, I'm Dan Kroll signing off on another edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.